This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our January 9th, 2023 edition of Invest Talk. We're moving into the second trading week of the year. And one thing is certain that you are trying to make the most of your capital. Everyone is. You work hard in order to save consistently. And that's a huge part of it. If you if you've mastered that part, then you're able to focus on the next part, which is the investment side. And I I emphasize this because too many people skip ahead and they focus too much on the investment side because that's sexy, it's fun, it's interesting. It's the reason I love what I do. But savings is the boring part. It's uh, the more difficult part. Well, difficult in some senses. But it's crucial. There's a reason why most people's retirement account, retirement assets are held in their 401k. Or the 403b or TSP. is because it's systematic. It's automatic. You don't think about it. It never hits your bank account. You don't see it. To go spend it. And that's a lesson you have to embody. Is that sometimes you just have to set up a system that will get you to save consistently. And then once you have that and you know that that is sustainable, you know that it is enough to achieve your goals long term, then you can turn to investing. And so as you embark on this new year, you know, we're going to go over some checklists, but one of the big checklists you have to look at is, are you saving enough? Can you save more? And then we're going to work together to get your portfolio optimized and balanced based on your goals, your risk tolerance levels, making sure you're taking advantage of the right opportunities and you're avoiding the pitfalls. There are a lot of pitfalls in today's world. There's a lot of scams, especially in the world of crypto, right? The time of crypto and just internet. Look at, you know, Andrew Tate and, you know, what, what's happening there. And there's a lot of the Andrew Tates of the world. There are many of them out there on the internet saying bombastic things, yelling loudly from the rooftop. And what we try to do here is be the antithesis of that. We're not the loudest. I'm not Kramer. I'm not banging bells and whistles. Should I give you the facts and perspective based on experience and data? And that's how you make good investment decisions. It's not because you watched some YouTube video or saw something on social media that was one-sided 
There's a lot of that out there. It's one-sided, only talking about how great it could be without looking at the risks. And it's so easy nowadays to grab a camera, grab a mic, you can just do it on your phone, upload on YouTube, etc. But just because you speak the loudest, doesn't it, just because you say it with the most authority and confidence, doesn't make you right. Doesn't make your perspective more accurate. But unfortunately, in today's world, those people get the most eyeballs. So we do, we try to do here is give you the most perspective and data. So I'm Justin Klein, and I'm here to help you develop your investment strategies and your decision-making process. That's really what it's about. It's not about giving you the answer to one question. It's giving you the decision-making process so that you don't have to call the show. That when you see an investment opportunity, you are assessing it properly based on its merits, based on the facts on the ground. Not based on some bombastic prognostication. So I'm ready for your phone calls at 888-99-SHART. And I've got a lot of material for you today. My focus point concerns this timely question. Do you have a 2023 financial to-do list? Well, you should. And we're going to look at the checkpoints throughout the year. Now, time permitting, I also want to touch on a few other things. One is some data that higher rates and the tech sell-off means that people are still speculating on options. Options boom out there. Many people lost enough money. Now they, they, they need to get back to even and they're trying to leverage themselves up. That's kind of what I'm seeing. So a lot of individuals out there uh, just trying to utilize options to get them back to even. So we're going to look at data there. Also, corporate earnings season. We are heading into it here in the next uh, week or so for the fourth quarter. What is, what's the market expecting? So we're going to look at that. And then lastly, Wall Street wants capital rules eased for the treasury market. And I think that is important. The treasury market will be a very, very interesting and vital market to follow over the next decade. Because of the debt levels that we have, because of our massive deficit, and the fact that foreigners have stopped buying, and that the Fed is a lot more involved. Guess what? There's another aspect that's going to be involved. It's probably commercial banks. So we're going to look at that. But I have some voice bank questions ready to play as well. One is on the Vanguard U.S. Multi-Factor ETF and Duke Royalty Limited. So I've got this all planned for this episode of Invest Talk. And of course, I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Now let's take a look at, actually, we're going to head into a quick break. And on the other side, I'm going to get to my analysis of the market for today. Now, I welcome your finance and investment questions now. No question is too simple or too complex. You set the agenda. 
So give us a call at 888-99-SHARK. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each InvestTalk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. InvestTalk is a free download. And hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience. 24-7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days, the Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. All right, let's take a look at the market today. We had, we we're up early and we closed down about three points on the S&P. Uh, the Nasdaq was up a bit, and what's what? What pulled back? Uh, gold stocks were down a little bit, but gold itself was up. Uh, let's see, the ten-year that was down, that was down about five basis points. So you've had two days in a row, Friday and today, where interest rates have come down pretty nicely, and Friday growth stocks didn't do very well. But today they did compared to the value side of the market. Almost all last week, growth stocks just uh, were taking it on the chin, especially in relation to the value side of the market. But today you had a little bit of a snap back there. Uh, so interesting little uh, little one day move, but uh, that, that often happens. You get counter trend moves within a broader uh, move. And let's see, what else? Any other, anything else to note? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's kind of a flattish day overall. The NYSE broad index, that was only down 25 points. But it did close the lows of the day. Now, tomorrow, you do have Jerome Powell coming out, or the, the Fed, I think it's the Fed Minutes, I believe that's what's released. And then, or is he speaking? I know there's a big Powell event tomorrow. I can't remember exactly what it is. But even more important, I think, is the CPI number that comes out uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday of this week. So um, I always get the. I always get. There's so many of them they, they, that are thrown at you. You always forget exactly what exactly is it that's happening. No, there's something that's probably going to move markets. But um, yeah, that was basically the market for uh, today. Kind of flat in anticip- anticipation of really more important data. Uh, from the Fed and from inflation here between now and the end of the week. All right. Now let's take a look. Are we going to go to a caller? What are we going to do? Uh, we're going to touch on our main focus point, which is your financial checklist. You know, going into the year, uh, there, there's a lot to do. Uh, it can be daunting. 
But if you spread it out kind of month by month, you can you know, have a plan and you can get everything you need to do done with your financial life. Now, it is January, and this is typically a time where you reassess what happened last year, reassess your strategy, and figure out whether you are investing correctly. You know, you can't expect this year to be, you don't want to use one year, right? You don't want to say, okay, last year did X, these stocks did the best, these assets did the best, and these ones did the worst, so I'm going to sell the worst, I'm going to buy the best. That's not really how this works, okay? It's reviewing mainly, you know, first off, your spending, or your, your, your saving, which ties into your spending. Now you want to save about fifteen percent of your minimum target uh, is, is of, of your salary. That's a reasonable minimum target. And most people this time of year they're getting some sort of a raise. They know what to expect for their income for the year. So this is a good time to think about adjusting your savings up a bit. Now, if you're retired, you want to do the opposite. You want to look at your spending. Make sure that it was on track last year for your plan overall. Did you spend too much? Did you undershoot it? Maybe you, you can go on a little vacation. Maybe you undershot your, your spending expectations. It has that jive with your withdrawal rate. Is it sustainable? And then you want to find the best return on investment. Now, that could be paying down debt if you have credit cards or any other type of debt. But the right answer to that capital allocation decision is really individually individual specific. Depends on, you know, do you have any debt? What the rate is on that debt? What are your expected returns from your investments you're comfortable with? Are you an aggressive investor, moderate, more conservative? And you don't want to be reaching too far out of that risk bucket. Meaning, if you're a modern investor, you don't want to you know, be reaching too much into the aggressive side of invest- the investment world in order to achieve a higher return. You want to stay within your comfort zone. Then look at tax breaks you could potentially earn for the year. And revisit your 401k or retirement contributions. So IRA contributions are going up from 65 to 6,500 per year from 6,000. You still have a 7,500 limit, an additional thousand if you're over 50. 401k's limit still 22,500. So well, before, if you were saving 500 a month in your IRA, now you can bump it to 541 a month and hit that $6,500 limit. Okay. So that's just the month of January. Maybe after the break, we will get into the rest of the year. So we're going into break. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. It's a new year, but you've got finance and investment questions. So Justin Klein is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 
Before the break, we touched on the checklist for January, but let's quickly get to the rest of the year. Now, in February, you want to really hone in on your investment strategy for the year. Uh, are you what are you overweight? What are you underweight? Uh, despite equities being down, bonds fell last year as well, so you might still be overweight equities. Then. Look at your tax documents. Tax day comes up quickly and you need to be prepared for it. So it's never too early to start getting those tax documents together. In fact, brokers in in February start sending out 1099s uh, or or, sorry, yeah, 1099s. There we go. Um, And so you want to get those together and you want to think about the tax strategy for this year as a whole. Are you going to bunch your deductions, for example, in this year? Sometimes that can be beneficial because the the standard deduction is pretty high. So, you know, you want to think about your tax strategy for the full year because you might want to start that early. Um, so that's February. March, you want to contribute to your IRAs for the previous year. The date, the 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 deadline is. April 18th, but you don't want to push that up to the limit. Plus, you want to get that money in there sooner rather than later. Remember last year, 6000 for your contributions. The 6500 doesn't kick in till this year. So make sure you're uh, contributing to that if you have not. In April, you want to probably, once you get done with taxes, maybe get rid of old documents that are laying around you probably don't need, you know, that are maybe a decade plus old. Go paperless. A lot of brokers and banks, they charge a fee for uh, physical delivery now. Uh, but that also means that you should have a master directory for all of your documents and, and accounts with uh, you know where the accounts are held, where to log in, uh, name of the individuals you might work with at that institution, et cetera, uh, and, and try to get that file encrypted so you know, you're not uh, subject to getting hacked. Uh, a big important date in April, April 18th is your tax filing deadline for your 2022. So it's not April 15th, it's April 18th this year. May, you should probably assess your emergency fund. Do you have enough? That's if you're in the accumulation phase. If you are retired, well, what about your liquid assets? Right, Sell in May, go away, and, you know that thought? Well, if you want to reassess, it's a good time to say, okay, I need some liquid cash. Maybe I sell some stocks get liquid so I can afford, you know, my expenses for the rest of the year. Uh, July, you might want to evaluate, uh, reevaluate portfolio. That's the halfway mark of the year. See what's working this year and what is not. August, maybe think about state plan. Dialing in the details there. Your beneficiaries in conjunction with that and your 401ks, IRAs, we see that a lot. People having outdated old uh, beneficiaries on their retirement accounts. September, the quarterly estimated tax payments. If you are self-employed, that's September 15th. In October, that's fall. Kids are going, going back to college. You might want to think about contributing to college funds for the year. Uh, November, insurance review. You have open enrollment for health insurance and other benefits, but it's a good time to think about term life, uh, if you have dependents that you want to make sure you take care of. And then December, time to gift, right? Uh, Charity uh, contributions, 
you want to do a year in review of your portfolio and make sure you take those RMDs and don't wait until the last week or so. Try to do that as early as possible, ideally, you know, before December hits. So that's a good, I think, checklist throughout the year. Spread it out. You don't have to tackle it all at once, but if you do it consistently, do one thing every month and I think you'll go, it'll go a long way. Let's get to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier on 888.99 chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. I was interested in buying some green briar company. Symbol is GBX, and I would like to get um, one of your opinions on it. Thank you very much. All right. This is green briar company supplies transportation equipment and services to the railroad and related industries. This is technically it's not looking very hot. It's now clearly in a downtrend. I'm not sure what the earning was or the announcement was on Friday, but it went down in a big, big way. Open the day or close the day on Thursday, right around what's that? Thirty, almost thirty-five bucks, and now it's down to twenty-seven. So it's down over twenty percent in the span of two days. Why is that? What happened here? Uh, ah, swing swan They had earnings. Swung to a net loss. So that's uh, one issue there. So the technicals, I think, are pretty poor. Earnings expectations for this year and next year are just shy, shy of 3 bucks, which at $27, it's trading at about 10p, but it's now losing money. I don't like that. Return on equity, let me look long-term. Right now, it's only 3.7%. Long-term, it only averages about 5 or 6%. Not that great. So I'm going to pass on Greenbrier. I definitely looked at this in the past and it looked attractive in the past, but I haven't looked at it in a while, probably you know many years. Uh, and since the last time I looked at it, its chart has gotten worse. It's been in a, a downturn really since 2018. Uh, and the profitability metrics have been relatively poor. Made $5.73 in 2016. And now earnings are roughly cut in half since then. Why is that? I'd really need to, to dig in the details there, but I don't like that trend. So I'm going to pass on Greenbrier. Now we're heading into a break and I'm ready to take your calls live at 888 chart Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members? Or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, 
InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. Hey guys, this is Josh from South Carolina. I'm a long time listener. Today I had a question I wish you guys would look at. It's an ATF that I'm considering it's a vanguard u.s multi-factor etf the uh, stock symbol is vfms uh, the thing that's a little bit different about this one it's a uh, actively managed etf my question you know what do you think about the etf itself and at what percentage of your portfolio would you invest in something like this if you didn't really have time to manage something on your own thanks for all you do Right, this is interesting because it's an actively managed Vanguard ETF. Vanguard is all about indexing. So now they're getting into active management. Pretty interesting. So the fees are a little higher than your average Vanguard ETF, about 18 basis points. Still, still relatively low uh, in cost. And it is spread. Let's see. Multi-factor. Yeah, it, it leans in the value side of the market. So that's a positive. It's tech exposure is only about 10% versus in the S&P's well over 20. Energy here is 15% of the portfolio, which I like. Industrials nine and a half, pretty good. No real estate, base materials only five. That's a little low for my liking. Financial services 20, that's positive. Um, so I like this overall. It still is 
very widely diversified, 571 different names. Very interesting. I mean, not a lot of concentration there. Uh, and it's kind of a mid-cap uh, ETF. It has a lot of large, small, and mid-cap names. Uh, I think it's fine. Uh, it's track record. Let me look how long it's been around for because, you know, Vanguard doesn't, hasn't been, if they've been doing active, it hasn't been a very long yet. 2019 is when this started. Had a great 2021 and 2022, but so far this year, underperforming 2020 and 2019, underperforming dramatically. Uh, so, you know, this is just okay in my book. I like that it's on the value side. I like the sector allocation much better than the broad indices. But the track record is not long enough, and the track record that it does have is pretty choppy. So, you know, I'm just going to give it um, maybe a 5 out of 10 on a scale, uh, but certainly better than just buying the S&P. Thanks for the call. Now, when people attack the when people take the time to leave Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. The Puma 51 says, I've been buying this on the last dip, and I was curious if you think I'm making the right play. It's a small portion of my portfolio. I'm planning on holding it for at least two years. I believe WTI, I believe is the symbol. WTI. WT Offshore. Now, okay. Here's what the offshore drillers are the most aggressive play that you can make within the space. And you have to be comfortable with that risk. Offshore drilling is incredibly complex and expensive. And you can't just kind of stop and start whenever you want, like you can with most other drills on land there's a very expensive and cumbersome process to plug the holes and just stop pumping and so what they do is they just tend to stay online and they're price takers and their costs are much higher right so during the boom times their profits go up significantly because they have a high base cost to pull oil and gas out of the ground in deep waters. And so suddenly at say $100, you know, they're making decent profit and then it goes up dramatically once you get start getting well over $100 per barrel for oil. Whereas your know, traditional wells, many of them are profitable at they are break even at $30, $40 per barrel. And so you go from $100 per barrel, you're already making good money. And, you know, going to $120, it's a decent increase, but nothing dramatic. So there's that operating leverage that you have there with uh, these offshore names. But when prices go down, they can stay down. And guess what? They keep pumping while the rest of the, the, rest of the industry can stop. They can cut off their wells, right? But they're pumping at loss-making um, numbers. And so it's just a very boom or bust industry. And you can see that from its cash from operations. It goes from losing money all the way to making a ton of money, depending on the, the oil environment. 
So it's an aggressive play, and you can see that with the, the volatility of the name long term. I think it's okay, but you really, really, really need to be comfortable with the volatility. Just look recently, it went from nine all the way to five in the span of two months because oil pulled back. Are you okay with that volatility? Exxon, in that same time, was down modestly. It was down three or four percent. So you can see that very, very different type of uh, oil exposure. Let's go to Raj in the Bay Area looking at Suncor. Hi, Justin. So you're looking at Suncor? You're looking to buy it or do you own it? No, I have been researching on Suncor for, for, for some time now. I'm really interested in the, uh, the fundamentals look good to me, but just wanted to stay, see what your take on it. Does it play good into one's portfolio, which is looking for energy exposure? Well, this is Suncor. It's an integrated Canadian energy company. It has operates oil sands, production and, uh, and upgrading, offshore oil and gas, petroleum refining in Canada. So it has that downstream aspect to its business. And it is investing in renewables and hydrogen. Uh, and so it's, it's a good name. Uh, we've researched many of these uh, within uh, Canada. Suncor is good, but there are two or three others within Canada, Canadian oil names, that are much, much better. Uh, historically operated, operate, they, they operate uh, you know, more profitably historically, and they have a much better asset base, uh, you know, the type of uh, assets that they do own. So, you know, I like Suncor, but I like some of the other Canadian ones a lot better. So I'd be, I'd keep looking. I like where you're looking. I like that you're looking in Canada, but this is not at the top of the list. Thanks for the call. 88899 chart, 88992 Let's touch a bit on some sentiment within the options market and What's interesting about the option market today is that it's similar to what you saw a year or two ago when everyone was betting on meme stocks and AMC and, and things like that. But in some ways, the inverse. So it's similar in the fact that the weekly amount spent on new option purchases and sales uh, were above $40 billion for four times in the fourth quarter for one week. And then the average is less than 10 billion through the first three quarters of last year. So the fourth quarter option activity picked up big time. But instead of call options, right, betting on upside, it's now betting on the downside. It's buying put options. And so the boom in the options market over the past few years is continuing. It's just people are speculating the other way, and that just shows you the sentiment, how quickly the average investor is chasing the returns. And trading activity in the option market set another record last year. 41 million contracts changed hands on average every single day. And now you're getting more and more short-term options. And as you know, if you've been listening for any length of time, and you, if you... If you have heard my advice on options, if you're going to buy options, you want to be going out long-term. So I can months 
because of option decay. Well, guess what? The average investor hasn't gotten that message and they keep buying these short dated options, many of them expiring within a few days, right? Weekly options. And as a consequence, the CBOE's put call ratio went up to 2.4%. That's a record. And it was up to 1.5 for the first time ever in December. Now it's at 2.4. Historically, it kind of oscillates between 0.5 and 1. Occasionally spike a little bit above 1, a little bit below 0.5, but that tends to be where it sits. Now it's at 2.4. Just shows you the demand for, you call it downside protection, but I think it's just speculating on the downside. But it's a little glimpse into sentiment, especially for the average investor chasing those returns. Let's go to Nick in Manhattan Beach. Wants to look at AWEVF. AWEVF. Let's see. What is this one? Alpha Wave. Alpha Wave. Can you tell me about Alpha Wave? Yes. It's a... uh, it was incorporated in 2017, and they went public in the spring of 2021. Uh, they license intellectual property to uh, semiconductor designers Yikes. and fabs, okay. including Taiwan Semiconductor, Intel, and Samsung. Um, they're growing revenue over 140% a year, uh, earnings per share and free cash flow um, about 200% year over year. And they're run by former um, you know, Intel executives and also um, the founder of Marvell, Sehat uh, Sutarja. So it's a pretty heavy, pretty big dog, heavyweights running the company, growing very rapidly, and clearly they have uh, you know, operating profit leverage. Um, it's a little hard to do de- due diligence on this company, so I was wondering what your opinion was. Thanks. Yeah, it is hard to do due do diligence because it doesn't look like where they located. It's not listed on a major exchange. I'm having trouble just getting data here. It looks like, yeah, Great Britain. So it's... Yeah, the, the LSE. Yeah. Oh, it's located... The business is located in Canada. That's where it is. Okay, so it's a Canadian company. Engaged in the development and licensing of high-performance connectivity and intellectual property for the semiconductor industry. Connective, uh, connectivity IP cores, integrated product IP cores, and chipset IP cores. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is one you really have to do a deep dive on. Uh, it sounds like you've done a lot more work than, than, than I can do uh, right now. Uh, you know, the, the data on the performance of the company, at least their cash flow operations are positive. The free cash flow is already positive. Uh, if you look at their revenue growth, it looks pretty solid. They don't have much long-term debt, so I like that. They don't they haven't pile on a bunch of debt here. Uh, the shares outstanding, six hundred ninety million. That's gone up recently, obviously because it went uh, went IPO, but not to you know a, a significantly dramatic amount. Uh, it's a very interesting one. Uh, let me look at the chart. Let's see if I can pull pull the chart. Yeah, I mean, there's very little volume here, trading at a dollar thirty-five. Typically, I don't like these names just because there's not a whole lot to work with. You said there's, it's hard to do diligence. You're you're absolutely correct. 
most traditional research platforms aren't going to give you much data, if at all. You're really going to have to dig into, you know, their reports that, you know, they putting out, they're putting out. It's a Canadian company. It's, once again, I don't see, see it listed on a major exchange. So, you know, how difficult is it to buy? There's, uh, there's not a lot of regulation around these type of names, right? The pink sheet names and what they're saying. So you really have to take them at their word, which can be difficult for a new company. Uh, but it's interesting. I'll tell you that much. And I like that they're now profitable. They have good operating margins already. But how real is this? And how sustainable is this? You really have to do a deeper dive. Uh, but it sounds like you've done that. So if you feel comfortable with it, you know, putting a small amount uh, is, is, is fine in my mind. But you have to really understand and know the business. Now let's pivot back to the Best Talk Voice Bank for this question at 888-99-CHART. Hey there. This is Lauren from North Carolina. Uh, got a quick question about Duke Energy, ticker symbol D-U-K. Um, I've had it for quite some time now and have been thinking about selling I just wanted to know what y'all thought were was on um, the stock as a whole, whether to keep or to sell. Uh, I'll be listening. Thank you so much. All right. This is Duke Energy. Had a big sell-off in September and October and has rallied back nicely. Hit a low of about 84 bucks. Now it's up to 105, but it's 52-week high is up around 116. So it's had a nice retrace. Let me run a fib here. Yeah, it's gotten above the 618. So that's a positive. Technically, it's above all the major moving averages now as of Friday. It closed there Friday and confirmed there today. So that's a positive. From a valuation perspective, it's about fairly valued. So it's not cheap. It's not expensive. If you're looking for utility exposure, this is one of the better operated ones out there. I think that's what you have to think about, okay? How much utility exposure do I have? How much do I want to have in this environment? And Duke is one of the largest, most consistent, well-run utilities out there. So I wouldn't be selling it unless you are, for some reason, you want to just get out of utilities or induce your utility exposure and you feel like there are other ones that are better. Uh, but, you know, it's once again, it's fairly valued and it's fine. The technicals have improved dramatically. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So if you're going to call, you want to do that right now at 888 chart Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Richard in the Bay Area looking at Advan 6, A-S-I-X. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah. Uh, hi, Justin. I was trying to add more uh, industrials to my account. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one uh, checked a lot of boxes. Um, okay. It's a tiny company. It's a small company. Mm-hmm. Um, good margin, reasonable margins, reasonable, um, um, uh, uh, um, numbers just in general, mm-hmm. uh, and it sound, and it looks, uh, cheap, uh, still, um, but just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Well, you're, 
I don't think you're missing a- anything. I, I, it is going to trade at a relatively low uh, multiple. Um, it's doing well right now. A lot of it has to do with, uh, I know you're, you're probably looking at it and saying, okay, it makes, um, let's see, it makes polymer resins and uh, engineer plastics and fibers and filaments and films and things like that. Uh, and that, that's a good business. Uh, but what's really boosted their earnings recently is their production of fertilizers. They do make fertilizers and that's definitely helped them, um, which I like overall. Um, and long-term it's return equity is in about 20 right now. It's about 25. So it's probably over earning just a bit. Um, uh, but you know what? I kind of like this. I kind of like it. I like the diversification. It has pulled back, but the technicals are improving. Um, so I'm going to give a six, a thumbs up. That's advan six. A S I X is the symbol. Thanks for the call. Now we're heading into earnings season and so far for the fourth quarter profits, they're projected to drop 4.1%. So that'd be the first drop in earnings since the COVID pandemic started and analysts have been trimming their earnings expectations throughout the quarter. And investors are really not going to pay too much attention to the fourth quarter. It's really going to be about what the what leadership says about the year ahead is there gonna be a soft landing or a hard landing for different sectors and different companies some companies will experience a soft landing others a harder one same with sectors so the big question is how long can consumers continue to spend How long can companies pass on the higher prices and higher input costs? And so far, you've had a mixed picture from those that have reported earnings. Nike, for example, they bumped up their sales outlook as they were able to work through some of their inventory overhang. But then there's companies like Constellation Brands, they cut their profit forecast because consumers kind of balked at their higher prices for their beer. And then you have the big tech giants. They're laying off a lot of workers. And the big question is, when will the ebbing of spending within tech sector, meaning online sales, online advertising, that's clearly reverting to the mean Where is that? Is it going to level out at the mean, below the mean for a while? That'll be a big factor into how the market reacts. Now, the energy sector is expected to grow earnings by 63% year over year. The best sector overall uh, in the fourth quarter. The worst are going to be materials and consumer discretionary. They're going to have the greatest profit decline. The analysts are expecting, uh, have marked down, excuse me, have marked down earnings for the fourth quarter by 6.5% throughout the quarter. This is typical. It's typical for analysts to slowly lower their earnings expectations as the quarter goes, or quarter goes by. But this has been a much sharper revision than average. So that gives companies a lower bar to clear, but 
tougher to work with from uh, a, an operating environment for the full year, which they're really going to start to discuss, right? What to expect for the full year 2023. And analysts are expecting a 4.7% rise in earnings for 2023, but in line with last year. And that may be a bit much to ask. Well, I think that does it. That completes another episode of Invest Talk. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And we are now over the 48.7 million mark, thanks to you. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.